0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Farewell Evangelion, the Neon Genesis podcast where we go through the series bit by bit. My name is Keith, going through for his last time, and as always, I'm joined by Peter... Oh, yeah. ...who is going through for his third first time. Is that...
1: Uh, if you want to talk about the serious ones, then yeah, this is my third first time. If you want to, uh... Consider each of the loops different, then this is technically still my first time. And if you want to allow all the silly ones, then this is my
0: fifth first time. I mean, technically, the fact that you remember all the loops might imply you're an angel.
1: Ooh. That might be the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Keith.
0: That uh, definitely can't be.
1: And I am very much so including, hey, Peter, we should do a podcast about Neon Genesis Evangelion. (laughs) Initially, that seemed like a nice thing, but on retrospect, no, that was a very not nice thing you said to me, Keith
0: think of all the cool things you can do now like watching the Mario movie and saying hey that's an Evangelion reference
1: oh my god have you seen the Mario movie yet Keith
0: do you understand (laughs) why I said that Uh, I have not but I've seen the scene
1: okay good so you understand why I hate I hate that this podcast and the whole social experiment we've been doing as a part of it has ruined my brain to the point where while watching the Super Mario Brothers movie in the final fight I said wait is that an Evangelion reference I hate that that's what this uh, series has done to me.
0: You know, uh, I'm a little upset with myself because when you said the ending has an Evangelion reference, I'm like, there's no way in hell they pulled an end of Evangelion at the end of the Mario movie.
1: Oh god, no. Luckily that is not what they managed to fucking pull off.
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like logistics, because I was like, this is for like, a general audience, how did they do that?
1: <laughs> oh god. Um... And the best part is, now that we've uh, talked about other series, it's not even necessarily an Evangelion or a Neon Genesis or a Rebuild uh, reference. It could also just as easily be a Shinji Ikari Raising Project reference, because they replayed that scene in Shinji Ikari Raising Project. So, who knows what they're actually referencing. There's
0: so much of the (laughs) game going on.
1: Genesis. Yeah. Neon Genesis.
0: Uh, I guess this is a bit of weird one, but how do you think your prediction uh, was uh, about a month ago before when I'm breaking? Uh, my prediction that the fans
1: would feel sadness and abandonment? Yeah, do you think uh, they did? I, don't, uh, I haven't actually checked out our Instagram comments for a month. I, I used this as a mental health break and uh, ignored <laughs> all possible uh, references to this podcast, so I don't know if they had any abandonment issues. Uh, however, if we try and recontextualize that as to how that fits with... Uh, the manga series we're going into, surprisingly accurate. Lots of sadness, uh, a significant amount of abandonment issues.
0: And uh, uh, I guess we'll say, well, you would have seen if you read the title already, but we are going through, actually, the first volume of the original manga series. So we finally got around to that.
1: I don't know how the fuck they were going to figure that out from the title of this podcast, Keith. Because I don't know if you've been paying attention, but the way we title our podcasts is not... Volume 1 of manga series, it's gonna be something stupid like Misato's Thick Thighs or some shit like that.
0: Wait, I thought Uh. I I was using the actual names of the episodes.
1: Wait, is that the actual names of the episodes? Fuck, I have not (laughs) been paying attention.
0: But, uh, yeah, we're going through Volume 1. This one originally released August 29th, 1995. You might be thinking, hmm, that's strange. That's... That's before the anime started, and you'd be correct. The first volume came out before the anime came out.
1: And yet, the last volume of the manga, based on my understanding of a conversation we had like two years ago, the last volume of the manga came out while Rebuild was happening.
0: Exactly. So there's some interesting things that happen, and uh, this is a very conclusive version of the Neon Genesis story we'll be going through
1: conclusive.
0: Yes. Uh, but uh, I'll give you the synopsis here. So uh, in the year 2015, 15 years after a global ca- cataclysm known as the Second Impact, teenager Shinji travels to Tokyo 3 on the behest of his estranged father Gendo. While meeting with Misato, a woman who works for Gendo, the city is attacked by a giant creature known as an angel. Misato takes Shinji to Nerve, an organized, uh, organization headed by Gendo that has developed a giant biomechanical mecha known as the Evangelion. Yep. Yeah. So we, we, we know this stuff at this point.
1: Yeah, so the basic plot is pretty much identical to what we saw at the beginning of Rebuild and the beginning of the original anime series in that Shinji shows up, uh, apparently his father wants to reconnect with him, and is doing so via a postcard from Misato, where she points out her cleavage and tells him to come hang out. Uh, they arrive at the town in on time for Satchel to be attacking, and everyone to be in danger. Um, I don't know why I said they, it's just Shinji. Shinji is all alone at this point And will remain so emotionally for quite a long time. Um, but he shows up uh, right as Satchel's attacking. Notable difference number one from Peter, there is no mysterious, ethereal Ray watching him uh, while he's walking the streets of Tokyo 3.
0: Yeah, and I think that's definitely a cool thing we're going to notice when going through this series is the original concept of Neon Genesis Evangelion was that the manga and the anime were going to come out pretty much in tandem uh, and kind of play off each other in a sense, but due to production issues obviously uh, the manga ended up having a life before the anime even became a thing, so there are changes that were made after the fact by the time the manga was already started and there's two people that are kind of considered the big names when it comes to what is canon and lore in Neon Genesis. Auto obviously is the big one but Sadamoto is the one who does the manga series. Now, he's not doing it exclusively by himself, he actually consults with Ano a lot when doing the series up until its very end, so it's kind of both of them, but Sadamoto makes some choices in the series that I feel have very interesting implications for the full, and Ano even is like, yeah, it's canon.
1: Uh, I refuse to believe that the Shinji Akari Racing Project isn't canon.
0: <laughs> that fucking
1: Gendo uh, baseball scenes and you can call me daddy, uh, that is 100% my personal canon. I oh. don't care about anyone else's.
0: Fully agree. That's canon. But if people are going to break up stuff, they'll usually break it up into core canon and side canon. And core canon is this, the rebuilds, and the anime series.
1: Fair enough, I guess.
0: And a lot of people theorized, uh, if you subscribe to the loop theory, a lot of people believe the manga is the first loop.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it explains why there's no ethereal Rey, because she hasn't been created yet, and presumably yeah, comes okay. into existence at the end of this series. Yeah,
0: the third impact which made Rey the omnipresent god that she is at the end has not happened. Yeah. Uh, although, that's not to say that Rey is not... a uh, in the scene, because she uh, appears fighting in Ava Unit 1, which is another thing that never happened in the anime.
1: Yeah, we see, uh, instead of it being the N2 mine that puts Satchel out of commission for an extended period of time, I mean, that does still happen, but it is Unit 1 being piloted by Ray holding him back until the N2 mine can death. Yeah. Um, uh, after that, we continue pretty normally with Shinji being brought. To Nerve by uh, Misato.
0: Uh, I will uh, to point out that uh, another uh, thing that happens that doesn't happen in the anime is Misato's car is not wrecked once, but twice on the way.
1: That's true. Uh, and she's very upset by that. Um, but yeah, they uh, she brings him to Nerve. They get there just in time for Shinji to be told to get in the robot. Um, he doesn't want to at first. Classic Shinji being a little loser. Um, very similar to the original one and rebuild, as I said, in this case. Uh, Says he's not going to do it. Uh, Rey gets carted past. They tell Rey that she has to pilot it now because Shinji's a little bitch. So Shinji finally decides at the last moment of time I'll pilot the Eva.
0: And I, I gotta say, uh, I think it's also very clear by this point that Shinji is not like the anime Shinji. Uh, No. Which is also another thing that kind of distinguishes the two versions from each other. Because where anime Shinji is more of a passive and he kind of like accepts his fate is the best way to put it. He doesn't care about himself so he just goes along with what everyone says because it makes things easier. This Shinji is actively trying to avoid. Yeah, he's going out of his
1: way to try and do nothing.
0: Yeah. Uh, And the thing I like about this one too is it almost feels like whereas in the anime, Shinji did, like, oh, Ray is injured, I need to do something because this is wrong. Whereas the Shinji in this one, yeah, Ray kind of plays a part, but it also kind of comes off as Shinji's like, that motherfucking Gendo called me a coward, I'll show him. Yeah.
1: Also another uh, difference in this one, uh, Unit 1 doesn't reach out to protect Shinji from Falling Rubble in this one. Whereas...
0: Yeah, that's kind of exclusively to the anime, the original run. That's fair. Yeah, the Ava the unit doesn't really do things on its own outside of Awakenings except for in the original anime run. And it only happens that one time. It doesn't really happen after that outside of Awakenings.
1: Uh, And thank goodness for that. Um, Because I don't want to discuss the implications. (laughs) Uh, Mostly because that would extend the duration of our podcast. I'm mean. That's my character's uh, description. Anyways, Shinji gets in the robot. Uh, it fills with LCL, or as some of our Instagram fans like to say, piss. It fills with piss.
0: Could be the fantasy uh, as well.
1: Or yes, the fantasy. Um,
0: also, uh, hmm. just on your opinion too, when Shinji flies, like, okay, fine, I'll get in the goddamn robot, the panel with Gendo, when he gets that information, almost seems like he's proud. Like he's got like a smug like, ah, oh, fine, like,
1: it, see, here's the thing. Objectively looking at it, and if this was my only experience of Shinji or of uh, Evangelion... ...was the one page with Gendo smiling after Shinji says, ...fine, I'll do it, I'll get the fucking robot... Um, ...I would look at that and I would say, ...oh yeah, if you tell me Gendo's his father, that's a man who's proud of his son for stepping up right now. Knowing everything I do about Gendo and Shinji... Gendo's smirking because everything is going according to his plan. That is the only way I can interpret it. He's proud of himself. Yeah, he's proud of himself for manipulating a child.
0: (laughs) Just like taking candy from a literal baby. Um...
1: And then putting that baby inside a giant robot so that it has to kill people for
0: me. And that giant robot might be its mother, so it's kind of doing the whole, like, in the womb thing.
1: Also, that giant robot being his mother is also a woman I would like to reconnect with, and the whole reason I'm sacrificing my son is to get closer to, uh, my wife again, who's dead, (laughs) by the way.
0: Also, this is jumping ahead a little bit too, but I love the fact that there's almost completely blatant with the fact of what the Evangelion is, because that was a big, like, reveal in the anime series, but in the first volume, it's like, wait a second, he has visions of his mother when he's inside, and Gendo keeps referring to it as her? Uh, Yeah, they're not
1: subtle at all this time around, so... There's a whole bunch of clues to that. Well, fuck it, we'll jump ahead. No one needs to know the exact order of operations of events here. Um, one thing I will say is... This time Shinji doesn't trip on his first step inside the Ava. Yeah, he actually makes a successful step and then starts fucking charging forward. Much to everyone's surprise. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, Yeah. when Shinji starts getting the shit kicked out of him... And he has the vision of his mother inside of it... Not only does Gendo refer to the Evangelion as her... I also am pretty sure other lab techs were saying she when referring to the Evangelion there. Uh, so, I like, believe
0: only Ritsko. It uh, might have been Ritzko. But...
1: Yeah, that that's entirely possible that it was only them, but I just I feel like multiple characters were referred to it as female. Yeah. Um and then also as he's having the vision of his mother, and then the vision turns into like a weird robotic thing from inside the fucking uh, Evangelion, uh and then he hugs it and calls out saying he doesn't want to die, and then the last thing he says is mother, and then immediately the thing goes fucking berserk and starts fighting back for him. It's very on the nose of, this thing is his mom. Surprise, surprise. This will be a reveal later, but if you're paying attention now, it's not going to be a surprise reveal later.
0: Yeah, which kind of makes me have to wonder if people at the time was like, oh, what a twist. It makes me feel like, oh, no one was paying attention to the manga series that launched, like, a full six months early. Yeah. And it could be very well that people just kind of overlooked it because, oh, the anime series is out now. I don't need to read.
1: Yeah, what's the point in reading when I can have flashing colors in front of me?
0: Yeah. I mean, you do lose... The, uh, I Actually, no. There, there's only benefits because you got Cruel Angel's Thesis, Fly Me to the Moon, great voice acting. You're right. It would be a benefit to not
1: have any of that in my life. <laughs> uh, I am kidding, of course. I am... Uh, a fan of Evangelion and am not being held on this podcast against my will. That's for sure.
0: Oh, wow. You read that completely verbatim without any, like, stopping. Nice. Yeah. Uh So, yes. Uh,
1: uh, Shinji's mom goes berserk, uh, fights the angel. Shinji doesn't seem to be participating. This is another uh, subtle change from the uh, anime where in the anime... If I remember correctly, uh, I apologize if I'm not. It was almost two years ago when we watched it. Uh, but the Order of Events isn't the robot goes berserk and then we witness that fight happening. It's Shinji gets the shit kicked out of him and then we cut to the next episode and it's Shinji waking up in a hospital and everyone telling him he saved the city. Uh, and then it, like, flashes back to show the fight
0: after the fact. Yeah.
1: But this one, we just go straight into the fight and we get to watch the Angel
0: fight uh, the Ava. And Shinji loses shit directly, too, because even in the uh, the anime, we never saw the lose-your-shit moment that Shinji had in the uh, unit. We yeah. kind of get, like, a glimpse of it, because what happens in the anime is Shinji rockets up, starts the fight, uh, the angel goes for that sweet, sweet cranium, and then it's cut to black as he's kind of, like, screaming, and then, yeah, as you said, they the wake up in the hospital and everyone going through things, and then it's us seeing a flashback to the memory, which is kind of like it destroying the uh, other uh, well the angel satchel and then we see Shinji sees the e- Eva without its mask gun and sees the organic eye and that's kind of the cliffhanger we get from this one yeah. whereas in this one it gives you everything clear and in order.
1: Yeah no jumping around in timelines or anything like that. We see the whole fight in order uh we also see, and this is something we never saw in the anime, uh, just because I don't... Maybe we did. Maybe maybe I misremembered. Um, but we see, like, after the fight when the uh, Evangelion is doing the very cool walking away from the explosion and not looking back, uh, it cuts to inside the Evangelion, and we can see Shinji just sitting there, like, very stoically, like he's not all there right now. Yeah,
0: like, uh, uh, kind of comatose, almost.
1: Yeah, he's like, he appears to be physically conscious, but just not aware of his surroundings at all. Um, and then uh, the next chapter opens with him having a dream of being chased by the Evangelion. Like, the organic form inside.
0: Yeah, the totally uh, not then, his mom.
1: Totally not his mom. And then he wakes up inside a hospital but doesn't make a comment about the familiarity of the ceiling. Just thank goodness for that.
0: Well, it's the first time he's seeing the ceiling in these loops.
1: Yeah, but the second, or... Fuck, I can't say the second because I don't know that the uh, anime is second. The nth time during the anime, uh, it's his first time in that loop seeing it, but not the first time he's ever seen it, but he still calls it an unfamiliar ceiling. Yeah. this time it's definitely an unfamiliar scene, but he doesn't comment on it being unfamiliar. <gasps> that's how, That's a reference to the loops in the anime, just so far ahead of time. Real <laughs> mic drop. He's calling it unfamiliar because it should be familiar because he's woken up at that hospital ty- uh, bed in previous fucking loops. Way to go, Shinji. Way to hide the plot right there in the o- open. To,
0: to, Obvious be fair, for uh, all to see. Otto has always been uh, very open about David Galaxy series being about loops. But he's never like, oh yeah, it's about time loops. He's been like, it's just about loops, you know? Cyclical things happening over and over again. <laughs> the oh, chance yeah, no. he can't break.
1: Here's the thing. Shinji wasn't telling us that via Anno hiding that detail. Shinji was telling us that in spite of Anno. Anno didn't even realize at the time that it was about time loops. Shinji's the only one who actually knew. <laughs> Trust me, I'm very close friends with Shinji.
0: Oh, and Kaworu, of course, knew as well.
1: Uh, Kaworu, of course, knew. Actually, Kaworu, yes, in the anime, Kaworu did know at this point, if you're, or not your but if the collective fan theory about uh, this being the first loop uh, is correct, then Kaoru at this point in time does not know about the loops. Kaoru in theory won't know about the loops at all during this manga, and it is at some point in this manga that he will uh, create the loops uh, and ensure that he knows about them in the future.
0: Much like you the first time when we started this podcast, he's watching it for the first time.
1: I need to find a way to get a message into the manga. I don't know how, but I need to let Cavern know that it's not worth it until he leave now.
0: And then you're the person that makes himself aware of the loops. Oh,
1: God, yeah.
0: Thus it's creating a loop in itself.
1: It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, is what it is. Oh, it's like uh, Tenet. Have you seen Tenet? That amazing movie Tenet? Yeah. And, uh, how, uh, John David Washington's character gets introduced to the Tenet concept, uh, kind of largely through um time travel what's batman's name oh robert pattinson robert pattinson robert pattinson does a lot of the explanation on how the tenant organization works and then at the end we find out that his character was actually introduced to the tenant organization by john david washington's character at a later point in time for john david washington but at an earlier point in time for Robert Pattinson. Um, And so that's what's happening, is Kaoru introduced me to the concept of loops, all so that I could go back to the manga and introduce (laughs) Kaoru to the concept of loops.
0: It all fits uh, nicely together.
1: It all fits so perfectly together, much like a spring perfectly coiled in loops, one on top of the other. My cat looks very disappointed in me right now. (laughs) I should probably switch to a different topic. Um, uh, so, hunting Hunting for food Or, I don't know, other Evangelion <laughs> things, I guess
0: Well, uh, there's uh, Gendo oh, there's visiting Rei In the hospital and not Shinji
1: Yeah, we also get to see Gendo having his conversation with Uh, not Sile Uh
0: Yeah, it's is it? I
1: thought there was a separate room for the group of people who met in person
0: um, Oh, the, uh UN Security Council Security
1: Council, thank you. Yes, it is CLA, but it's technically the Security Council at this point. Uh, and they're discussing the Human Instrumentality Project about how Ava's have such a high cost associated. We really need to focus on instrumentality. Blah, 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 blah. And then, yes, Gendo visits Frey in the hospital and completely ignores Shinji. Um, Shinji seems, uh, very sad, so... Misato, uh, decides that he's going to live with her because he can't be bothered, or he can't live alone even if he wants to. Um...
0: Which I like, because uh, in the anime version, he just kind of accepts it, but this Shinji's like, he, he seems to realize, this is a bad idea, why are you doing this?
1: Also, it almost, it largely seems like Misato is doing this out of spite in this yeah. version, uh, because it's her talking about how it's weird that Shinji's not living with uh, Gendo, and it's weird that Gendo's not a more loving and attentive father, and then Shinji asking her to leave him the fuck alone. And she's going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to fix you. I'm going to make you better. And then she calls up Ritsuko, tells Ritsuko that Shinji's living with her. And then she's like, what the fuck is going on? And she's like, I'm your goddamn commanding officer. You shut the fuck up right now and
0: you do what the fuck I say. <laughs> this is a goddamn order, Shinji. And then we get that uh, scene from, I believe, the end of episode three from the anime. Where he where gets the to see that- the rises yeah. up, yeah. The city that he saved. Tokyo 3. The fortress city.
1: The Geo Front and all that does,
0: and then the Shinji actually uh, breaks down crying and admits that he wants praise from Gendo.
1: To be fair, uh, he doesn't out loud admit that. He starts to admit it, where he says he just wanted, uh, but then the uh, end of that, where he says to hear the praise from him, is done in the like thought boxes and not like the uh, or like narrator text instead of uh, Shinji speaking out loud speech bubbles.
0: It does cut to black, but I like to think if he does say it out loud, Misada's like, What, do you mean Fuyutsuki?
1: Oh, I understand. You're a fan of Michael Jackson, and you're talking about the man in the mirror. You want to hear him say that he's proud of you. I don't know how we're going to track down Michael Jackson, but we can try.
0: I mean, we can find a mirror. Maybe we can summon him.
1: It is 2014 as seen from 1994, so Michael Jackson's definitely still alive.
0: I like this idea that most of the world's population has been destroyed, but if you can think of a famous person that was alive in 2015, they're still alive in this world.
1: I'm Googling right now just to confirm when he died. 2009. Ah, damn. Uh, So he was not alive, however...
0: Can't still summon uh, him into a mirror.
1: And also, uh, Sadamoto wouldn't know for sure that he was going to be dead in 2015, (laughs) So he could've written into his world that Michael Jackson is explicitly still alive, and then we all get to know somehow that Second Impact prevented Michael Jackson from dying.
0: I was gonna say though, but Sadamoto clearly knows that you, going through this, were gonna send a message to Kaoru in this manga chapter, or volume, uh, or somewhere in here, to let Kaoru know that there's a time loop going on.
1: I swear to fucking god, Right now, in that exact moment, if there is somehow a panel in this series where I pass a message to Karu as the reader, I am done. I am (laughs) done with this manga. I am done with this series. I am done with perhaps my entire life. I don't know what to do at that point. I'm just scared and sad.
0: Which one's the real loop? (laughs) Am I in a loop? Um...
1: I don't know. I'm I'm, just thinking about it is making me nervous. I'll be honest.
0: <laughs> that's fair. All
1: right. Uh, so that's that's kind of this whole chapter or no chapter volume. Uh, it's very much similar with some subtle differences and ends with Shinji uh preparing to admit that he wishes Gendo would uh, praise him. Yep. Shinji can be more honest about what he wants hopefully he's also that way with the women in his life in the near future. I've been reading too much of these, uh, fucking slice-of-life ones, where I am imagining now that the greatest plot issue is going to be, uh, Shinji being unable to admit his feelings towards the girls in his life.
0: Um... I mean, that's kind of true. Yeah. Even in the regular Evangelion, that's true.
1: (laughs) It is definitely still an issue in the regular, uh, Evangelion. It, uh, it fucked with, uh... Oh, we lose so it, de- it no, sorry, no, I'm still here. I was just lost in thought because it definitely fucks with Oscar uh, the fact that she's not willing to uh, really acknowledge her as a person um, for most of the series. I was just trying to think of if it ever fucked with Ray, but at least in the uh, anime, Ray was a bit too stoic to ever seem upset about that. Yeah, look, well, Ray was, was always differently... aware of what she was. Yeah, I was desperately racking my brain to try and think of a moment when Ray was upset about that. Or it seemed the least bit undetached. Attached, I guess, was the opposite of detached. Yeah. Uh, but there's not really an example where Ray seems to be upset about it. In Rebuild, she gets a lot more personality. Yeah. Uh, but not so much in uh, the original anime. So yeah, it definitely fucks with Asuka that Shinji's unable to... Uh, talk about that kind of stuff and acknowledge other people as separate individuals who have their own personalities and wants and dislikes so yeah shinji uh, bad at life
0: yep but at least this one has a bit more personality than the evangelion one in the anime
1: that is very true
0: but uh this being your third time through the satchel fight at the beginning uh what are your thoughts on this volume
1: Eh, take it or leave it. Yeah. I I feel like every... Every loop from now on in... Kind of like... And this is a weird reference to make, but I'm going to stick with it. Uh, a lot of people, if you talk to them about reading Harry Potter, a lot of people who like read it growing up, talk about how if they ever go back and reread Harry Potter... Uh, they skip the first two books and start reading at Prisoner of Aspen. Like, some people will read the entire series, but a lot of people recognize that it doesn't really come online in the first two books, and so they'll skip to Prisoner of Aspen. Much in the same way, I don't recommend, uh, or I personally recommend if you're going to go through and reread Avangelion uh, or rewatch Evangelion, probably start a little bit later into the series, skip some of the more boring early stuff. I don't know, I guess probably starting at Human Instrumentality that seems like a good spot to start.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing with uh, most of the Evangelians that are telling the core timeline stories is all of them are pretty much the exact same story up to a point with minor differences and then bigger differences happen. Usually that key point of where the timeline actually starts having its major differences tends to be around the time Asuka shows up.
1: I was going to guess Bardiel. Uh, Bardiel is the one that infects and potentially uh, takes over Toji, right? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say that one seems like a good spot for it to really start uh, differentiating itself. I can see the differences becoming... Because there's definitely subtle differences from the very beginning. Uh, I can see the differences becoming more noticeable as it progresses, but for my money, Bardiel is when it really starts to become distinct stories.
0: That's true. That's really when... The real Evangelion comes online, I guess is the best way to put it.
1: That's when Evangelion stops being a story about people piloting giant robots and fighting monsters and it starts becoming what Evangelion has always been about, emotional trauma.
0: Pretty much. But yeah, I think with that, that wraps up Volume 1 for us. So, uh, all of you listening, as you probably tell, we are now back and going through the Neon Genesis manga series. So, of course, if you'd like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or anything like the like, you can send us an email at whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com on top of that we have the Instagram page uh, where we have updates about the series as we go through it bit by bit, little bit of tidbits of facts, polls Uh, you can find that at Farewell Evangelion on top of that these episodes go up every Wednesday on all podcasting platforms as well as YouTube so make sure to like, favorite, subscribe, tell a friend, Word of mouth definitely helps with spreading the podcast around to multiple people and as always Peter, what can we expect in Volume 2 of Neon Genesis Evangelion? Alright, based
1: on my very limited experience with the series, I'm going to say we're going to get Pen-Pen, we're going to get Shinji getting the shit kicked out of him by Toji, and we're probably going to get the next angel fight with the centipede one whose name escapes me. And
0: don't forget the plenty of fan service. Oh yes,
1: plenty of fan service.